Bye. Short Bus Debate Club. It's a bus. Rolling. get on board. <laughs> Hello, I'm Darren Jolly. <laughs> it's time to get this short bus started. So let's roll and on with the show. <laughs> Greetings everyone. This is Brian Courtney with Short Bus Debate Club. I'm sure that uh, you've probably been missing these episodes where Darren and I just talk shit. Speaking of Darren, he's across the table from me. You know, you're never going to be Walter Cronkite. I'm not. <laughs> Hello, <No>. everybody. <laughs> so, the last, I don't know, what was it, seven, eight episodes, eight, eight, yeah. we did nothing but interviews with third party either... Well, no, I don't think we had any candidates. We were supposed to have a couple of candidates, but that didn't happen. Um. So we've been interviewing third parties, and this is where we kind of give our, our summation and we talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, what we liked, what we didn't, all of that good shit. And maybe shed a little light on why we're going down this. I mean, we've, we've alluded to it in other spaces, but yeah, a more concrete expression of why we think this is important. Yes, I I think that that is probably fair to say that we will do. Um, you guys have heard me use the word Demopublican on multiple occasions, and I prefer that term to what all these other assholes call duopoly, but they're the same thing. Basically saying that Democrats and Republicans are the same party. They're out to basically fuck everybody but themselves, um, and not the good fuck but like a really shitty, no lube, I'm going to hurt your fun. Not, not consensual at right. all. Right. <laughs> We're not consenting to this. So, um, I don't know. what Do you have a starting point in mind? No, I mean, uh, the first thing that I just do like to, like to say, since, since we did start d- doing that, and you, Brian was reaching out and cold calling all these different parties. Um, I, I just quickly give a shout out to the Alliance Party, the Reform Party, the Constitution Party, the American Solidarity Party, the Center Party, the Approval Voting Party, Frank and Blake, you're fucking hilarious, the Independent American Party, which is a non-party party, Lonnie, a little unique individual there, and Joe and uh, Margaret and Craig from the Green Party. Um, we, Brian reached out, some of them responded very quickly, the Green Party folks definitely responded very quick, the Approval Party's folks responded very quickly. There were people that were anxious to, uh, um, you know, get, get into discussions and sort of like we, like our intention was not to just totally pound on them. Although there's a little bit of, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta do a little pounding. I mean, just cause you're not, you know, you need to have a discussion, but, uh, we really wanted to create a space where, um, these parties that are, uh, for the most part, totally invisible in the, um, current political, electoral environment. Um, we wanted to give them a space where they could sort of like frame their their, their party platforms, uh, like talk about where they get their money from, how they develop their candidates, uh, how they resolve uh, certain policy uh, uh, positions. But, I, you know, and I'll let Brian really go off on some of these other folks, but we've, we've reached out to everybody. We reached out, reached out to uh, the Socialist Party, the Communist Party, um, 
you you did did you reach out you are just the forward party did you reach out to them at all andrew yang and those no i did not call the forward party we the libertarians? libertarians um the working families uh prohibition and and prohibition yes, was america to dsa yeah yeah okay. yeah i mean i i reached out to all of them that I knew of or that I could think of. I mean, I even went so far as to start reaching out to candidates themselves. So with the Prohibition Party, um, I couldn't get anybody at the Prohibition Party to contact me back. But they had a presidential contact or <laughs> candidate um, running. And so I contacted him. And he said he wanted to be on the show, but he was in Italy for two weeks and he's on the East Coast. And he was the one that was concerned because he said he listened to several of our episodes and that his constituency probably would not like the what he called FCC's seven dirty words. Um, <laughs> Which is why things are so nice right now, because fuck the FCC. Like, honestly, we, we need to be able to have uh, open and candid conversations where I mean, we're not just totally throwing out things like so liberally that it's like, you know, fuckity fuck, 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 or something like that. We we try to use, like with my daughter when she was growing up, uh, she approached me about cussing and I said, I don't care if you cuss as long as you do it at appropriate times and, and, and it's in context and you're not using a word as a verb, a noun and an adjective at the same time, you know, you have to. So like if, if you're using things like that, then come on, that prohibition guy, he's got to, he's got to chill out a little bit, you know? I agree. And I, I tried to explain to him that, you know, we would run the interviews with, with courtesy and that it, an expletive was appropriate. We were going to use it. Um, well, we got a track record now. You can't deny this. We didn't. We, we, like, I think we, we did, did well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would say that we were professional, but we're not getting paid for this. So we're very good amateurs. Yeah, we're, we're professionally non-profitable. <laughs> <laughs> not non-profit. Don't be confused. Um. But I thought all of the interviews went went well. I mean, the Green Party one was kind of a clusterfuck, but that wasn't anybody's fault except for technology because we had to kind of do some workarounds in order to get it to It was square work. one. And they yeah. were they were very gracious in working with us at this at that beginning point, you know. Yeah. So. Um the one thing that I would say is that listeners you may or, or may not feel the same way, but I agreed with something that every one of these parties said. Um, whether it was a core part of their their principles or whether it was, you know, something that was secondary or tertiary, there was something that I agreed with. And, you know, like the Green Party. I agree that we need to fix the environment. That's a given. What I disagree with is how they want to fix it. Um, and the fact that they're pushing this Green New Deal so much. Um, I also, and, and we didn't get into a whole lot of it, like, because it's easy to say, well, you know, we're, we're for the people. We want 
more jobs and we want to eliminate homelessness and we want to do all of this stuff. Well, lots of the, the parties said that stuff. Um, nobody really talked about how they were, were going to do it. I mean, a few of them touched on it. They said if we, we fix the economy, then you know homelessness will go away and we can fix the environment and we can do all of this other stuff. Um, but the reason that I mention that is because I, I, I want you guys to really think about this before this election and, and 2023. I want you to definitely think about it before the election in 2024. And that is, you're not going to find a candidate that you agree with at 100%, unless maybe you're fucking said candidate. And then even then, it's probably less than 50%. Um, <laughs> that's just... Did you really just say that? Yes. You're, you're a douchebag, dude. You really are. I'm sure somebody that's listening to, listening to us is going to be the significant other, uh, or just maybe the recipient, you know, the catcher, you know, as it were. The, uh, yeah. What, what, what did you say earlier? Dick Sheath. The Dick Sheath, yeah. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe... But I don't think that that's, that's probably how our listenership is going to. But I know you always like to be able to say something fucking dumb like that. So. Well, I mean, yeah, whatever. I mean, but anyway, so you're never going to find a candidate that you agree with 100%. But I'm willing to bet that if you listen to more of what we're doing, because this isn't going to be the end, or at least I hope it's not. Um, if you listen to more, you know, later this year, next year, whenever, then that'll give you some more information. And then you can follow up on specific candidates and find out, you know, how much you actually agree with these people, whether it's social security or the environment, the economy, the mil military industrial complex, public it's been a while since I've spoken. Or even issue, issue stuff like like pro-life, pro-choice, or right. gun rights, or whatever it is that you're you're into. Um, I, I want to make one just real quick point. Um, we well, two points. One one will lead into the other. Um, most of the most of the people that responded to us were conservative. Like most of the people, other than the Green Party, um, and. The American Solidarity Party, you can you can call them. They're complicated. Like they're they're conservative on uh, social policy, but they're they're liberal by by whatever whatever fucking measurement that means um, in terms of economic questions. And to a, to a, a range where one of the guys that was talking uh, was use, using Marxist language, and the other one was basically saying, "Well, if people are going to have children, we got to make sure that they have like a child tax credit and all this and that." But um, to, to sort of illustrate um, the point that Brian's making, if you listen to them and you look into all these different spaces, you are going to find interesting nuance in what it is that they're doing. A lot of the, like I said, a lot of the people that responded to us, all of them except for Greens, we had two centrist positions, um, five five pretty conservative positions, and, and then the Green Party. And again, like. These are not objective categories, and we can argue about that later. But and the, we conser will. the conservative positions all were for, uh, against abortion, right? 
But one thing that I was really impressed with the American Solidarity folks about was uh, they were very critical of these other spaces of, of, of Republicans and of other, you know, the Constitutional Party, some of these other these other right right wing uh, smaller parties. Um, they say that you you want to make abortion illegal, but you don't want to create the social space so that a person can a, a young lady can have a child and put it up for adoption. So they were really uh, hell bent on making sure that there were healthcare services available to uh, to women, because if you're going to force them to have that child because you're going to make abortion illegal, you need to create that social space so that they're not, you know, towards a, towards a, a punishment. Well, and on that that same note, they were pro life, not just with the abortion issue, but with the death penalty, with murder, with, with military, everything yeah, they were all totally the way across against, the board. Totally death was wrong. Yeah. Expansionist military fucking bullshit. They were hypercritical of that. Yeah. They, they universalized it. They weren't just picking, they weren't saying we're in favor. Yeah. We're in favor of life and then picking and choosing the moments where, where life is, is uh, valuable and to be protected. So yeah, that is a, a, is a very good point. So. And again, we didn't, we didn't beat up on any of these people too much. We did, kind of dig deeper on some of the questions, but we wanted to create a forum to where they could speak so that you guys would get a better idea of what it is they had to offer. Um, we could have beat up on them. There were a lot of them that I wanted to beat up on greatly, um, but I didn't because I didn't feel like that was my place at the time. Yeah, we, were, we were trying to provide a space for them to to, to show the, the world what their platform is. So now we can beat up on them a little bit while they're not here. So Well, and we can we can beat up on them a little bit later too because, you know, now we've got more of a rapport so they kind of understand where we're coming from. You know, one of the guys made an assumption that I was a fucking leftist, which is such horseshit. <laughs> which one said that he thought you were a leftist? It was the dude um, that was from Texas uh um was he the the education he was no no that was south carolina that was jim it was the solidarity party it wasn't okay yeah because we had three people on i think or two people <laughs> on or something like that during that one no that was a single guy um he was the lawyer um who said that he does all kinds of different practices all kinds of different law but for the most part it's corporate litigation uh-huh um, and I think he was in Dallas or, or somewhere South. And I, what, what did you say to make him, what, how did he even come to that when he let in? I remember Cause I saying, started kind of beating up on him about the abortion thing again. Oh, because he assumes that anybody that's, that's not pro-life must be. Yeah. 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 That's, it's so odd. The world that we live in right now. Which is why the American solidarity, solidarity party was. I, and again, like I'm, I'm a Marxist, so I'm not gonna. I, that's why I'm really fucking irritated at the socialist people and and the Communist Party. Like I, I I rewrote two two good emails to them that were, like we we we're trying to create a space for everyone to be able to say things and, like, I I want to hear how they're thinking about party politics in the 21st century from that leftist space. You know, I want I want to I I want to dig into that. I'm interested in that for my own selfish fucking personal reasons. I'm interested in it because mm. 
I want to know, and I want the listeners to know, Mm -hmm. more importantly, because I think that with everything that has happened in the United States and how socialism is such a bad word and how there was this red scare and, you know, it's always been no communism, no communism. I mean, we went down to Colombia to fight communism. We went to fucking Vietnam and anywhere we could. We, we were fighting communism. And so obviously I have an ideal type, but again, I don't think we've truly ever even seen capitalism work or communism, either one, to work the way that they're probably supposed to. Now, I could be wrong about the communism thing, but I'm right about the capitalism one. Well, I, I, I'm not going to go down this route. No, no, I'm, I wasn't asking you to. I was just I, trying I to, hear from them to form a... I want to hear what they're form, how they're saying, yeah, what they're saying in relation to that. Yeah, what it, is, what it is that they're going to bring to us, because really, right now, as far as... Corporate welfare goes as far as welfare goes. We're we're quasi socialist as it is. We're so we're we're straight up socialist. If you just we're not call it what it is, then like why do Congress people still say, oh well, we got to get rid of socialism? I was uh when I was doing my stuff earlier today, I was uh listening to this uh this thing where uh nancy pelosi um so uh they were given some shit to uh um and this this was back in 2020 2021 when this happened but uh somebody asked because they've been getting a lot of profession pressure to stop uh allowing for uh insider trading stuff if you're in congress and uh uh, this reporter was pre- pressing Pelosi on this, and this is what her response was. This is a free market. We're a free market economy. People, meaning Congress people, should be able to participate in that. That's what she says. While on the on the, the side, her husband is a fucking huge, you know, trader of stocks, and she sits on committees where things come to be known before they get to be known by the general public and they can invest in things before they go up or dump them before they go down. This is not a conjecture. This is not a conspiracy theory. This is an objective fact. There's a, well, that's a redundant comment. It's objective. It's a fact. Uh, I need to find, there's a guy, um, he, he has a Twitter account. I'll find it when things are, when you're yammering on about something, but his whole uh, deal is to go and look at the stock trades of people that are in Congress, whether it's in the House of Representatives or in the Senate, um, to demonstrate the incredible conflicts of interest that go on for you know all of these assholes. Well, I've never dug into it so deep that I found out when they're dumping it or when they're getting more or anything like that. But if you look at like a, a 10K or a, a corporate report, then you can find all of these names that are not just people in Congress, but people that still, you know, that like fucking four-star generals and admirals and shit like that that are getting fucking stock 
And that makes it a conflict of interest. And I know you're aware of this, but I mean, because now it benefits whoever, whomever, to go ahead and push that $2 billion budget, you know, for the month of December through uh, and approve, you know, another $24 billion for next year just to go to the Navy. And, and, and I'm making those numbers and up. What, yeah, but. what do you know? They just made, you know, $240,000 with what they... So the name of the Twitter account is unusual underscore whales. Um, uh, he, whales he, like the country or whales like the animal? Whales like the animal. So unusual whales, like an unusual underscore whales. Um, he talks a bunch about Rokana has been, he's a congressman out of the Silicon Valley. Um, but he is, and he, he's, he's got his own fucking problems that, but he definitely has, uh, tried to press this forward and create, uh, legislation to, to outlaw it, it from happening. Of course, it's, it's never going to happen. You'd have to, something remarkable would have to happen either through the courts or through, uh, some other. Uh, you know, executive. I don't. I don't even know how you. I don't know if you could use an executive order to do shit like that. But uh, unusual whales is a good place on. I guess it's on X. Yeah. To find out about all these um, <laughs> unscrupulous stock trades that go on inside of Congress. Well, and there are a bunch of them, like I said, and a lot of those guys aren't even buying it. They get the stock just because. You know, kind of like the fucking honorary doctorate or whatever that they give famous people, they get an honorary two hundred thousand shares. In 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 the in the context of the thing that you just said about socialism, it's not stock, but uh, I was reminded of the the beginning of Bullworth when uh, he gets ten million in insurance policies and hires somebody to kill him. Yeah. So that his daughter and puts the insurance policies in his daughter's name. But the the whole point is, is that you trade like through whatever, yeah, legislation you help to enact, you trade on your position and you you take stocks or you take health or uh, life insurance or really lavish trips to you know all over the world or and it's it's not just with you know because I I mentioned military. Um, you mentioned court. insurance. The Supreme but, Court has really been on the fucking because there have been all kinds of. I, I told you about that one with uh, Sotomayor where she uh, she won't go to libraries unless they agree to buy one hundred and twenty thousand dollars of her book. You yeah. know, I mean, and this is supposed to be one of the most liberal members on the court. So uh, it's important that we understand clearly that this is not a right left issue. This is something that if you're a part of the mechanisms that are uh, put in place to reproduce the necessary conditions for people to maintain their their positions of power. Then all those motherfuckers, even Ruth Bader Ginsburg, they were going back and and her stamp came out on October second, and all these people are going to be so excited about the new Ruth Bader Ginsburg stamp. But she had fucking blood all over her hands too. She was taking money for this and taking money for that, and it's it's not it's not debatable, you know. I mean, we can choose to look in the you know the the corner of the wall and you know watch the all right, let's we'll, we'll we'll go play it. We'll look at the shadows on the wall, but I I'd rather, you know, get myself out of the cave and see what the fuck is really going on. So Yeah, I I mean, but it's like I said, you mentioned insurance, I was talking about military, but it's all the way it's libraries like you just now said. I I mean, it's it's every little fucking thing that you could think of. The 
Um, I mean, it, it can go out of control, but here's, so here, here's something else because, you know, just in this first 20 minutes that we've been talking, both of us have used either the term left or right a couple of different times. Yeah. And while we were doing the interviews, most of those people not only used the new cutting edge word, the coin phrase of duopoly, but um, they use left and right a lot. And I, I just, I want people to quit thinking so much left and so much right. I would prefer people start thinking, well, this is the way that I think. They don't think that way, so maybe this person isn't right for me. And the reason that I say that is because if we continue using left and right, we're never, ever going to come together. And if we don't come together, right. we're never going to get them out. Yeah, it has to be a universally collective effort. Yeah. I mean, if, 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 the, if, the, if the top 3% can control, you know, X amount of the economy and the bottom 80% control, you know, X minus 75% or whatever, you know, then at some point you're most of the people that are identifying themselves as left or identifying themselves as right are a lot more like the people in their similar financial space than they are uh, the picture that they have in their head that connects them to Donald Trump or to Joe Biden or to uh, Kamala Harris, although I can't even imagine anyone saying that they identified positively with Kamala Harris. <laughs> I'm not sorry about that, you crazy fucking bitch. So Tom Morello said something that was pretty interesting. Well, he didn't say it. He posted a fucking meme um, on Twitter, and it was these two people in like a fucking aquarium, and they were fighting with swords, I think. Um, but they may have been shooting each other. I don't know. Some sort of fight. And there was a guy that looked like the Monopoly guy, an old rich guy with a fucking monocle, and he was smoking a cigar. And it said that they have us fighting a culture war so that we don't fight a class war. And that's kind of what I'm talking about. I mean, it doesn't entirely have to do with money, but it's it's money, it's color, it's religion, it's all of these things that they do to keep us segregated from each other because they want us to continue fighting each other so that we don't fight them. I got to tell you that I just, I think it's, it behooves me to warn you that if you keep making arguments like that, other people are going to identify you with the left as well. And I understand that you're, so like, it's easy to say to, to people that the paradigm that they're functioning in terms of like how they identify the certain tendencies inside of a political system or anything else, you know, is, is outdated. Right. But we don't, we, we don't have a, an effective paradigm. I mean, you can say, well, this is the way that I think about it, and that one thinks about it like that, and that one thinks about it like that, but how are we going to talk to each other, you know? I mean, we're, we're, we're in horrible need of a new paradigm to talk about these 
ideas, these concepts. And it is like, of course, it's unfortunate that left and right is is the way that things get thought of. On some but it's level. it's not. I mean, it's left and right. It's black and white. It's Catholic and Protestant. It's it's all of that shit. And I, I'm not saying that You're we not Ireland though, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it doesn't matter because the Protestants don't like the Catholics here either. I mean, it's, it doesn't have anything to do with that. It's not quite as well, not quite as pronounced as I don't, I don't think that I ever remember any car bombings happening in the United States. No car bombings, but they do fucking just spew seething hatred at you when you're walking by, just in case you might be Catholic. I mean, when I was, this isn't the fucking Mexican American war, bro. This is not, no, it's not. (laughs) Um, yeah, they, and yes, back then I, I would agree with you, but I, I really don't think that that many people. Maybe I haven't been in a, in a ghetto enough neighborhood. And when I say ghetto, I don't mean poor. I mean this group lives here, that group lives there, that group lives there. You know, I mean. When I was at Mardi Gras, you know, so New Orleans is pretty heavily Catholic, um, but the Protestants would set up on the outside of Bourbon really? Street, and they had big fucking signs that said Catholics are going to hell. Really? Yeah, dude. It was fucked up. So I yelled at some guy for at least 20 minutes. <laughs> like the most atheist person in the world gets into an argument. Hammered, about... shaking my fucking finger in his face. Because it wasn't just Catholics that were listed on the, the thing. It was It was Catholics and it was baby killers and it was fags and it was all of this. I mean, it was just a fucking billboard of hate all the way across um and you went to bat for the people fucking a that's what i'm here for oh. the black irish that's kind of the way things work <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah maybe you're right maybe we can't break the cycle of thinking left and right well, we just need to find we, we need to like and you can't just go to the new paradigm we need to graduate to it like we need to be arguing with each other enough to where we find what that new social space. See, and I, I, I know you're going to argue and say that I'm, I'm speaking semantics here, but I, I would just say this. I don't think that we need to completely get a new paradigm. I would say we need to slightly shift or expand because, and the reason that I say this is because by slightly shift or expand. Well, that's what I'm about to explain. Um, You and I have always talked about if you don't know where you've been, then you can't know where you're going. You don't know where right? you're coming from. It's a dreadlock rasta. It's a <laughs> so, so if we completely change the paradigm, then we're going to leave a lot of people behind that maybe don't know where we've been. So that's why I say expand or shift more than just move to a different paradigm it, it is semantics then because what i said before was that it's not something that you it, you don't create like that you it has to happen organically like so that like we're all sort of like i'm sorry janae but it's like the fucking the fish you know in water when they're swimming along and the old fish comes up to them and says isn't the water nice today boys and the the, the young fish shake their heads and go yeah they swim a little bit further and they say, what's water, right? I mean, because you have to be at that point. You're you're so embedded, like your consciousness is so embedded. And you're right. If, if it turns into something where 
you know, some academic fucksticks construct something and they're like, this is the new terminology that you need to be using. It can't, it can't function like that. It has to be something that comes from within. So, but it needs to be a lot better than, than, than like the, the, the dualism, like, like you're talking about. I mean, I mean, that's part of why we are talking about the third party stuff in the first place, right? Because this space where everything is confined to the perception of opposites when they're not honestly opposites at all they're not even like borderline conceptual opposites they're constructed opposites inside of a very limited uh, space that defines what is possible and what is not possible and if you find yourself functioning outside of that then you're ignoring uh human nature or you're uh what uh somebody who imagines uh the perfect world um utopian. a utopian you know or something stupid like that it's funny the the little worlds the words that i just can't find in my head sometimes but uh obviously it's not in the interest of the the ruling elite to because it's it's much easier to manage because you you know you have this side you have that side but uh people do get a little bit more intelligent as time goes on i think that like the demand so we'll get more into this stuff later but so brother cornell west decided to leave the green party right he's functioning as an independent now the word on the street right now um, is that on october the 11th rfk jr is going to remove his position from the democratic party and run as an independent as well um, there have been several people that have been hypercritical of anybody deviating from their uh, the allotted social space that they're expected to travel in because any other movement outside of said space because that person cannot possibly win is wasted. This is the rhetorical bullshit that Brian and I both wholesale disagree with. Um, but this is something that's happening very fucking organically all of a sudden right now where um, the, the failure to function inside of this space, which is has a lot to do with the electoral college, a lot to do with how we do our voting. Um, it makes it very, very difficult for multiple competitors. Like the structure of our electoral system has to, uh, something is gonna, some monumental Titanic groundswell is going to have to create a shift here at, at, at some point in time but there's something that's happening right now in that uh social environment that seems to be leading us to uh something that will force that paradigmatic shift but who the fuck knows? I, I hope that that's the case. I mean, and I don't know if I really want to read the Cornell West email or not, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, he did, he did jump the party and you and I were talking about it before we started recording and you know, you had a theory, I had a theory, both of them are probably all right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. At least in, in part. Um, I, 
he may have had a better chance to win with the Green Party because Green had more supporters than just independents do. Unless he figures out how to generate just shit tons of money. Well, what's the highest number that any any person getting voted for in terms of overall percentages got voted for in the last... So a Democrat or Republican has won every time in the presidential election since 1860. Right? Yes. So if that's the case... Over that time period, what is the highest percentage somebody got that wasn't a Democrat or Republican? For president? For president. Uh, I would have to dig into it again, but I'm guessing that it was like four and a half percent. Come on, bro. Oh, you're talking about Perot? Yeah, like 21%. <laughs> yeah. Or 18, it was 18 and a half, I can't remember. Sorry, I always, I always disallow Perot because of the fact that he was running, and then he fucking said, I'm gone, and then he and was he, running, he and then he's before, gone. And... When we did the Reform Party interview, like I went and looked at a bunch of the pro stuff, he did, he did say, I, I'm not I'm not running, but he got written in as an independent on fucking, eight, like I think it was at 18.6%. I can't remember what the fucking number was, but it's by far and above the biggest percentage that anybody's gotten and he got it as an independent okay but then if you're going to talk about perot what's the difference between perot and cornell west perot was fucking loaded yeah he had a lot of he had a lot of scratch and he had a lot of people that had scratch on his side i i i'm not disagreeing with that i don't know i mean i i wish i mean brian reached out to uh, uh, brother west we would love for you to come and talk to us lowly uh short bus motherfuckers uh, Professor West, and I, I, we are not going to do anything to you like what fucking that bad faith Jimmy Dore did. Um, if I'm going to disagree with you about things on the level that he did, uh, because I'm sort of in it to win it too, I would do that behind closed doors. I wouldn't do that out, out in public. Um, it, because the way that he did it was tacky. He wasn't. I'm not saying that you, you ask hard questions. Asking hard questions is yeah. good. But uh, Jimmy Dore sat there and told him that. Uh, his platform was a losing platform. He got into this big discussion about uh, like anti-vaxxers or vaccine. And Jimmy Dore was sort of making a weird argument that if this is not his most important issue, then he's going to alienate his base. And I think the bigger, to be fair to Jimmy Dore, the bigger point that he was trying to make is that sometimes when Cornell West talks, I mean, he's buddies with fucking Slavoj Žižek and fucking... Uh, um, Chris Hedges, you know, like uh, these guys don't have really lowbrow conversations. So sometimes when he gets all jazzy and he starts listing all these fucking names, most people aren't going to know two of them, you know. So uh, somebody needed to bring his ass back down to back down to earth a little bit. But uh, the way that Jimmy Dore did it was, if you're going to have somebody on engaging someone is one thing. Tell them that they're a uh, uh, that they're fighting their finger at them. battle. Yeah, and wagging their finger at them is not, uh, that's kind of a back-ass word way of doing things. So come on, Cornell West, respond to Brian. Come come and hang out with us for a couple hours. We'd love to talk shit to you. Well, they do, I mean, they do respond, but see, and this, we can get into this a little more in a minute, but so I sent an email and I didn't call because, you know, they are purposely leaving a lot of the phone numbers to get a hold of people out. Um, so he sent me a form email back. He says, the derelict duopoly 
knows no bounds when it comes to subjugating poor, working class, and vulnerable people to intersecting calamities. Pre President Biden's announcement that he will continue building Donald Trump's border wall is irrefutable proof that both ruling parties are on the same team working against the people. Now, that was just the first two lines. There's some more horseshit in there. Again, this is just a form letter from, you know, I'm going to call him a politician, but it's it's from some asshole that wrote his form letter, whoever that is. I, I don't think Cornell West actually sat down and write, wrote this. He may have approved it, but I don't think he wrote it. Um, yeah, because every politician that runs for fucking office writes their fucking form letters. No, that, that's what I'm saying is that he's a politician, so someone else wrote it for him. Um, Which doesn't distinguish him from anyone else. That's what I'm really saying. No, I wasn't talking shit Anywhere. in any way except for the fact that it was a form letter. Right, carry on. Um, so... Um, I got sidetracked because I had to argue with Dickface about form letters. Um, now I can't remember what the fuck I was. Thinking. Well, you wrote him him the emails. You got a response in a form letter. You didn't get any. You didn't get. We there's 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 a there's a zone between us and him. So for us to actually make contact with him to be yeah. able to get him. To well, or just someone you know his his scheduler or I don't know in political circles do they call them bookers whatever um, somebody to you know, say, hey, well, we can't be on the show, but here are the answers to your questions or anything along those lines. Um, but so my concern, not with Cornell West as much as with, with the others, is that. Who told you you had COVID? What, what was the one that told you you had COVID? That was the Socialist Party. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Let me double check. And then I followed up with all other people in the Socialist Party. And they didn't. And they didn't, they didn't respond. respond either. Yeah, it's very, very disappointing. And that that was kind of where I was going, is that, you know, it's it's fine to send a form letter. At least we got a form letter from Cornell West. The others just didn't fucking respond at all. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I mentioned it on one of the shows without talking, or on one of the interviews without naming these parties specifically uh, because I figured it was bad form to do so when we were talking to someone that could possibly be their competition, you know? Well, but, but I mean, that's why I, what we're doing right now is important because it, this is not about us picking and choosing who we want to provide a platform for at all, period. Not at all. Anybody, any party that wants to come on, if you're the fucking, you know, if you're a, a retarded, dumb fucking asshole from some sort of white supremacist Ku, Ku Klux Klan party, we'll, we'll let you come on. on. Yeah, we're we're gonna we're we're gonna probably grill you a little bit more than we do other people because that's a little bit weird. But uh, okay, a lot bit weird. <laughs> David David Duke, if you come on the show, is he live still? He. he yeah, he did that fucking show just a little while ago. I thought it was. Um... It was David Duke and somebody else, and everybody was given Cynthia, um, the black lady from the Green Party. McKinney. She, yeah, Cynthia McKinney, because she had posted 
I can't wait for this. And I don't know if it was real because she was or excited somebody, somebody or if act. it was real because she was oh. wanting to moderate it or if it was real because she wanted to troll it. I, I don't know. But everybody was thrashing her because David Duke and I can't remember the Muslim's name, um, but they were both talking about... And then, you know, all of the anti-Semitic this and anti-Semitic well, that. motherfuckers who were sitting behind their fucking computers talking shit about Cynthia McKinney. Cynthia McKinney was a socialist on, in the fucking Congress before any of you motherfuckers even thought about it. So you cannot fucking talk shit to Cynthia McKinney. Fuck all y'all. Yeah. <laughs> You're a dick. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but yeah, David Duke is still alive. Yeah, and, and, unfortunately. But uh, um, yeah, that's a hateful thing to say. Yeah, it is a hateful thing to say. But uh, if David Duke was on a part in a party and he wanted to come on here, we would uh, we would platform him because that's we've we've provided everybody in the world with with this you know that we've tried we tried to get you know the working families party. I mean, come on, you know you I'm, you guys aren't so fucking. And if you're if you're if your response is we don't think that that's worthwhile because most of our stuff is done through like direct action or something like that where. Uh, we think about it more in terms of like an activism kind of thing, then just tell us that. That's, I mean, just give us a fucking response. Don't fucking look, I, I, you know, I, I don't mean to be a dick, but I'll take the Pepsi challenge with, with most of y'all. I've, I've read a lot of marks, you know, I, I, I can, I can go the fucking miles with you. So did your arm hurt? Yeah. The books are heavy. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm not from patting yourself on, on the, the back. back. Oh, <laughs> it's not about me patting myself on the back. It's about me trying to create a space where I think that a lot of the a lot of the time, leftists can be kind of fucking provincial. You know, they're kind of fucking snotty. Well, and that's so I I understand. You know, maybe they thought that we weren't communist enough or socialist enough, or we were too politically incorrect, or we cursed too much, or whatever. But even the fucking prohibition guy said. Do you guys have to cuss all the time when we're on the interview? I mean, our constituency won't like it. He didn't end up on the show. But he talked about But it. he responded. And my concern is that these people aren't responding when they're not even fucking running for anything. So what the fuck is going to happen when they are or, or when they, they get they in they office? In, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... Yeah, just give us... Give us a, a, a response. Maybe I should try to get Kamala Salon. She's a, a city councilwoman in uh, Seattle. Who's uh, she's she's affiliated with Social Alternative. I'm not sure what she ran under. She's been on there for like 14 years. Um, she's very doctrinaire with her with her Marxism. I I, I don't love that. But uh, again, like we would just ask her questions and let her tell let her tell us what her, her yeah her that's the thing. Were. Yeah, I mean because this is for. And it, it would do nothing except benefit them because one, we're not trying to charge them, and two, it's a free fucking outlet that we're not taking the episodes down. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be up from now until the next election and the next election after that. And I'm going to hurt my arm again, but we have people that listen in London. You know, we have a couple people that have listened in India. We had some Filipino listeners. I mean, we're get, we're global, baby. Well, if I had to guess, I would say that those guys are military anyway, which, again, would benefit them. 
because you know the military need, people can vote. And you, yeah, if you're if you're just talking to your your uppity leftist individuals, then that you're siloing yourself at that point. You know, I mean, and that's that's reactionary, motherfuckers. You know, that is not revolutionary. And if you want to fucking come on here and talk to me about that, I will be more than happy to. <laughs> yeah, it's just like if sports, boxing, or pool, foosball, whatever. I, and I'm thinking more like one-on-one -on -one type sports, but if you continue beating that same person, same person over and over again, and you don't play anybody else when they put their anything. quarters on the table. You're not growing. Right. So if all you're doing is talking to the fucking people that are going to vote for you anyway, then you are a fucking retard and you deserve to lose. And if you try to say that because we're talking to each other all the time, and because we've known each other since I was fucking for 34 years, then obviously you haven't listened to anything that we say because we fucking shit on each other all the time. <laughs> a couple of times during this episode. Yeah. It's been a while. <laughs> we haven't had the we haven't had been able to have the speaker spectacle for a bit. No. Um so I know I know I want to get into more specifics per party, you know, as far as what I liked, what I didn't. Um, but we are at about 50 minutes right now. So let me, let me do, do you want to just continue this banter and then do another episode here in a minute with us talking about what was good and bad from the parties? Let me, let me do my little crystal Kyle brand of joy gray thing for a second yes that's take, yeah okay that works and then we can go into the specifics on the party okay so you know first week of september um it was done both through crystal kyle and friends and bad faith podcast um an, a discussion over and to to sort of couch it they're all they all identify as leftists um crystal and kyle um who do that show together, the recently married, um, which may or may not be germane to what it is that I'm saying here. Um, I, I have to say, and this is kind of a, a backhand, and I'm sorry about this, Crystal, but I think that your fucking husband's putting shitty fucking brainworms into your head because you didn't used to make these like uh, narrow analytic arguments quite, quite so much. But um, given that, what I'm speaking about specifically with regards to narrow analytic arguments. Um, the discussion was about, um, cause Cornell West had thrown his hat into the ring and anybody that's on the left knows who Cornell West is. When I was in my, one of my first upper division classes in the, uh, 97, I think, uh, I took a, it was the second section. I took the second section before I took the first section. Cause I just wanted to go take this class and it was called revolution, social change Two. The first thing that I had to read in the class was a dialogue between Cornell West and Bell Hooks. So, like, I was exposed to him forever ago. Um, he's a thoughtful, like, interesting. Like, he's he, he's a he identifies himself as a Christian, but like working class. You know, he's got marks in the back of everything that he says. Samuel Beckett, of course. You know, fail, fail again, fail better. Um, so either way, everybody that's on the left has uh, a place in their heart for Cornel West for the most part. I, I haven't heard anybody ever actually say a bad word about the guy on the left. Well, I mean, now that he's running for president, all kinds of people are critiquing everything that he does. 
But prior to that, when he was just a sort of like academic, nobody ever really said anything horrible about him because he's very likable. He's very thoughtful. He's very empathetic. And he can kind of like, uh, you know, bring you into his world. And it, and it like feels good when you're thinking about shit. Um, but the discussion was about whether or not voting for a third party was a good thing, whether or not you needed to vote for a Democrat um, or vote for vote for Biden again. So it, it really is just, does it make sense to vote for, for Cornel West in, in what uh, Kyle and Crystal are identifying as a losing, a losing battle? Um, Kyle made a bunch of arguments about uh, the how surprised he was about the number of things that Biden had done during his uh, presidency that he did not expect him to do because he was talking about like his his policy positions policy positions in the in the past with whether it had to do with the you know the um, the crime bill the uh, uh, the way that he's done things for to make bankruptcy more difficult uh, because of his relationship to credit card companies I know that he had something to do with the uh, the, the not allowing the discharge of student debt. I think I remember that being said. Um, so he was a he was a prime neoliberal who really was creating the basis for like a uh, a disciplined state, whether it came discipline from finance or discipline through through criminal activity. Um, so Kyle was making all these points about how um, he was surprised and he had done a bunch of good things. They talked a lot about the Naval, Na uh, National Labor Relations uh, Board. Um, rulings that they've made, um, and the suggestion by both of them was that um, you need to look at his track record. And Bree came back pretty hard um, against this and made a bunch of points that uh, I'm not going to get into them here a ton. Um, there was a lot of discussion at the beginning about uh, uh, student student loan debt um, and Biden's failure to deal with this in any concrete way for the vast majority of people that hold this debt. Um, but that was really just sort of a sidetrack. Um, but there was an argument that Crystal made around the 18 minute, little after the 18 minute mark that I want to, to bring up um, because it's a total bastardization of uh, history. It's a bastardization of how you should think about uh, social transformation writ large. Um, and this is what she said. And it just, give me a minute here real quick. Get back to that spot on my computer. No, 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 don't do that to me. There we go. You got it? Yeah, I do. Okay. What we have here is a tactical disagreement. Our political aims are ultimately very similar, but I do not but I do think that the student loan debt example is instructive because it shows what has been uh, effective in terms of securing real gains versus what has been ineffective. Jill Stein running in 2016, I don't think that she was a spoiler, but the Democratic Party thinks she was a spoiler. They put that out to the public. So in the theory of change where a third party would force all of this revolutionary change on the Democratic Party, that should have worked but instead it served to allow the Democratic Party to basically demonize and dismiss third-party third efforts, and then they prop up Joe Biden. So that definitely didn't work. However, the fact that Joe Biden has to be on the primary stage versus Bernie and Marianne, a whole lot of 
Elizabeth Warren, a whole lot of other people who were pushing him on the student debt loan cancellation, forced him in a position of doing something when he would have 100% not done anything otherwise. And we can see that now because you know that fact that they have basically like blocked any sort of democratic process within the Democratic Party. And that's made it possible for him to literally promise nothing for the next term thus far. So you can see how third party, the third party effort was not successful in bringing about whatever revolutionary change people want to see. And the process that Bernie engaged in and that Marion Williams is engaging in now was far more effective in actually delivering results. And that's what I'm focused on. Okay. That might be the fucking worst argument that I've ever heard in my life. I, but wasn't there's there was something else about scientifically proven or something, yeah, right? That I, really I, pissed I, you yeah, off. I, I'm still re-listening to okay. it. I'm trying to get back to the scientific part. But that's that's what she's saying. This yes. works. That doesn't work. Look, would would Martin Luther King have been as effective if you didn't have Malcolm X in Harlem? Would Malcolm X have been as effective if you didn't have? the Black Panthers in, in San Francisco spreading into, in Oakland spreading into other parts of the world. And on top of that, you know, uh, all of the different things that came out of that, the SDS, the Weather Underground, uh, the Crusade for Justice, the Mexican National Liberation Movement, the Puerto, Puerto Rican Independence Movement guys, the uh, New African People's Organization, which turned into the uh, the one that Ahmed, Ahmed, Ahmed Obafami Jr. Uh, is, is um, I think he's still probably chairing down in uh, Jackson, Mississippi today. Um, to even posit that the reason why Biden was pressured to do certain things were because of these narrow moments when he had to stand on stage and that's what affected social change is obnoxious. What affects social change is several things happening at the same time to create pressure to put that. I mean, it's like why Mercury goes quicker sometimes than other times because it's so close to the fucking sun. When you create that degree of pressure in a social space, in a conscious way, not just like this riotous fucking haphazard crazy, but when everybody's thinking and focused and trying to direct things, weird shit can happen. So to, to think that all of these things that are sort of emerging through, uh, if in fact, because he hasn't done it yet, but if in fact RFK Jr. does announce his defection from the Democratic Party to run, make an independent run, that's more important than the, the Cornell West thing right now, at least in terms of historical space, because the name, the it, money. And yeah, bo both of those things and the fact that the structure of the system gets undermined because RFK Jr. is going to take from both. Republican, we're not going to say left and right. He's going to take from both Republicans and he's going to take from Demo Democrats and he's going to take a shitload of fucking independents at the same time. He may very well help to create a space to change the entire system in, in, in the U.S. And it's not him. I'm not going to make the same mistakes she makes. It's not going to be him by himself. It's going to be Cornell West doing what he's doing with the heavy duty left stuff at the same time. It's going to be all of these people who are still not going to vote for either Republicans or the Democrats because they're so disaffected by the options that are being given to them in the form of either Trump or Biden. 
you 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 cannot force feed things to people all day long and expect that they're not going to start looking for their own solutions. So when I look at this ridiculous argument where Crystal tries to pass off an extremely complicated moment when, and it wasn't just that, all the stuff that developed out of it with Black Lives Matter, um, the, the fact that people were in the streets clashing, the fact that that dumb motherfucker went up to fucking Illinois and shot those fucking people, you know, um, all of the different things that are leading to that moment where the explosion happens and the change has to occur. It isn't because three people were standing on a stage with Joe Biden and they put pressure on him to do it. It's because in 2021, Zizek went on a uh, breeze show and Part of the reason why I like Bad Faith so much is, is that uh, Brianna Joy Gray is, is a, a, a work in progress. She's not done. You know, She's trying to find, because she wants a solution. She wants the world to be a better place, and she wants to participate in making that happen. And she's very self-critical in relation to how she does it. Now, she's a fucking lawyer, so she gets caught up in that analytic shit a little bit too much. But having said that, she recovers really, really well a lot of the time. And she had one of my favorite guys, Slava Zizek, on there. That was her Christmas present to the people from Bad Faith. And that was a wonderful Christmas present as far as I was concerned. It's the only thing I remember getting for Christmas that year. I don't, I don't remember anything else. But uh, um, they were talking about the vote blue no matter who stuff. And uh, she's like, when is the next person that the Democrats are going against not going to be identified as an existential threat that you can't allow to be elected because they're going to destroy everything in the world that we're, you know, this is the argument they've been making since Bush, you know, Bush too, um, the, the Royal day, um, the Democrats to try to keep us all herded into this very narrow uh, space. And Bree keeps asking Zizek, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? And finally Zizek says, we have to do everything. And that's a very simple answer. But if you think about it, it's the most complicated answer. And it's the answer that people have to start thinking in terms of to where uh, you were making sports metaphors earlier. Like it's like the UFC, you know, you have to have your jujitsu, you have to have wrestling, you have to have Muay Thai, you have to be able to strike, you have to be able to wrestle, you have to do fucking everything and you have to be able to counter everything at the same time. But that means that you're conscious of all the different things that are happening in that moment so that when you when you take your the money shot, it's done. It's over and, and, and you move on to the next one. If we were thinking about strategy socially like that, like like you I mean, just on the simplest levels where we're not talking about things from the perspective of left versus right, where our economic dispositions draw us together to where we're we're understanding that you know poor black people and poor white people that are hating on each other or poor with whatever whatever category you want to go through you know you start strategizing as part of a whole and you do it to where you don't get these one-track minds where you're going to just say well, we need to get somebody on stage to argue with the person that's going to be president. And they're going to say these things and it's going to force him to have to say these things publicly. And then there's going to be policy that's going to develop out of that. And incrementally, the world will get better and better and better and better. No, right. This is, this is not the way that the world works. We policy, need- 
to my recollection, has never been developed based on something a president said on stage. Yeah. No. Never, ever. Most of the time, people <laughs> are fucking pissed off two years later saying, he said he was going to do this. I, I, got a, I got a good example. <laughs> Read my lips. No new taxes. Right. I mean, he got fucking crucified for that statement, dude. I mean, the, number, the Constitution Party came into being because of that shit that he said so yeah the i mean that is is just kind of a horse shit argument to say that elizabeth warren and bernie sanders and whoever the other marianne, marianne williams it was the, because marianne's running this time marianne was the officiant at their wedding so they they have to make these you know token comments about but that i mean there's no way that first of all i don't even think that I don't know as much about anything. I anything about her, for that matter. Um, but Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders—they're not putting pressure on fucking anybody to do anything. Um, so th it's just such a horseshit argument. I, I just—it—I didn't even listen to the show, and it pissed me off when you told me about yeah, it. Yeah, it, it's—it's—it's—it's embarrassing, especially because. So what you just read was horseshit. Uh -huh. But when you told me the science thing, the, science thing the, the thing that bothered me about that is that, first of all, you can't say it's been proven. About social sciences at all. Right, because, well, there are a couple of fucking missing pieces. One, not 100% of the people voted. So you don't know what will happen if we go over 66%. And not 100% of the people were paying any attention to what those people were saying when they were on stage. Right. Probably. <laughs> you and me, because we're fucking super dorks. Probably very few yeah. of the 100% the of the voting population were, were paying attention. Uh -huh. um, That's why, like, Crystal didn't used to make arguments like this. Like, I quit listening to Kyle a while ago because... For one thing, he always makes it about himself. I said it first. I thought it first, dude. If you're if you're saying if you're making arguments like that, then you're spending too much time worrying about being first. It, it doesn't matter who is first. It matters that we get to a place where we're getting shit done. I'm not trying to give you a backhand right now. No, I. <laughs> I was just trying to think of the episode. I was gonna say maybe he should go back and listen to the one where we were talking about. Not megalomaniacs, but uh. Oh yeah, yeah. We were. I mean, uh, narcissism. Yeah. That was a funny episode. I forgot. So he should episode. go back and listen to the fucking narcissist episode. Um, I said it first. Nobody else was making that argument other than me. He said it like twenty fucking times, dude. In that fucking, you know, two hours. It was hour and forty-five minutes. I mean, it was a long time, but to say it twenty times, that's pretty fucking self-important, you know. Yeah, and. I don't know. I don't listen to most of the, the shit you tell me I should. Um, you not are, because... You only listen to half of the things that I say to you. How are you going to listen to the things that I send you to listen to on Rumble and YouTube and all that shit? <laughs> I've been reading more of what Brianna Joy Gray says or at least posts. Um, and most of that is accidental, just because somehow oh, she, she ends up on my fucking feed. Because they think you're a Marxist. And she's not even a Marxist. That's funny, too. Like, 
Well, no, it's because of the, the all of the since we started following all of those uh, different political parties the party on the the third parties for the short bus because debate she, club she, site. She watches that stuff too. Because she posts, and apparently some of the people that are following whichever party, um, they her. end up following her, and then they respond to something she posted. So I've been reading some of what she says. You know, again, I'm I'm never going to agree with anybody, and not that she's a politician, but some of the stuff she says. I will agree to uh, with. Do you have any examples? No, I didn't think so. No, no, um, because nothing was so moving that it stuck in my head. So I agree with you, but you didn't really move me at all. Right, I, I might have had to go and have a movement, but <clears throat> well, that may I, have been unrelated. I just know that, like a lot of times when I'm reading something, I'll be like, "Yeah, she's probably." About half right on that. And some of them, I'm like, what the fuck is she talking about? And I just keep scrolling. So. Yeah, whatever. I mean, it isn't about, I mean, you know, I, 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 it, I just, I think, I just find it odd that, like, people maintain such an affection for party positions as it relates to, I mean, like, whether it's the Republicans the people that identify as Republicans disdain for Biden and Hunter Biden and uh, trading on your dad for favors and uh, the fact that he's incredibly hypocritical and a total fucking like corrupt ass motherfucker. Or you think that Trump is the Antichrist. Like why, why we, something has to, again, something I'm really, I hope that RFK announces it. I'm, I hope that this is not about whether he wins it or that one wins it or that one wins it. What, what it's about is, you know, if there's, what, what, what did Mao say? Uh, if there's chaos, you know, under heaven, then everything's working right, you know? I mean, like, we need a little bit of that right now. We need to start having a, other possibilities being put out in front of us to where it's not just... To where the third party and the other something more like a i'm not gonna say i don't i don't know if i want to say a parliamentary i don't know but to where it opens up to where we're, we're allowed to have more dynamic ways of thinking about the world that we're living in and how we can express that through political parties but that's that's limited in its own right but that's a different discussion for a different day yeah and and so is the the whole rfk thing because you know, I might vote independent. I've I've never been a straight ticket voter, ever. Uh -huh. um, I voted for the ones that I thought would benefit me and those around me the best. Um, so sometimes I voted Democrat, sometimes I voted Libertarian, Republican, Independent, whatever. Um, but the RFK thing, because of what I saw him say on that fucking environmental uh, documentary, I don't think that I would vote for him. That was, 20, that was 2013. I oh, was it that long? Yeah. Okay, then it doesn't matter, because we're almost about to blow up anyway. Fuck it. Vote for him. 
I, I will I won't vote for him for a number of other reasons. Like his his his, his position in, on Israel is real problematic as far as I'm concerned. So I'm now I'm canceled in like a million different places for saying that. Like people will burn me at the stake. Right. They'll call you anti Semitic. Anti Semitic, yes, of course. Yes, I'm clearly an I'm a rabid anti dentite. That's what I am actually. Yeah. You rabid anti dentite. Um so yeah, and and I've never listened to Crystal or Kyle. Um, I, I I believe that. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think that you should listen to Breaking Points every now and again because Sagar's kind of funny, dude, and he's a really weird person who identifies more in that sort of like complex social libertarian wing. I I don't think he identify. I've never even heard him like. He identifies himself as a populist in some moments, but I don't think anything I would do or do would be considered popular. And most of the shit that I say is not popular. I didn't say and popular, I said populist. I, I know. I know. So what does popular have to do with never mind, dude? I was just kind of fucking with you because when you're on the stump, you have a tendency to try and be as popular as you can be so that you can get a vote that's all i was saying oh you were making fun of candidates yes okay um you gotta get quick you gotta get to the punchline quicker dude sorry i i'll i'll slow things down a little more um no no but speed them up jesus christ yeah i know um (laughs) (laughs) um so we're at like an hour and 15 minutes, I All think. All right. I think it's time to go and uh, roll up uh, a tobacco. I don't, I don't roll weed. I can't I haven't smoked weed regular since I was 19. My brain falls right out of my ear. But are we going to do another episode real quick talking about the third-party yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff, or should we wait? Or no, we're going we're gonna to finish everything. Okay. okay. All right. Well, then, uh, next episode is going to be us talking about what we talked about with the parties. 720334 roll. Short bus to Bay Club at yahoo.com. See you in a minute. We'll talk to you soon.